Good evening. This is the Hermit of Lockyer. Today is July 18th, 2022. Uh, I blog at jmichaeljoneswriter, W-R-I-T-E-R.com. Tonight I'm picking up on the topic I've been working on uh, through several blogs, Science versus Religion. And I'm going to start summarizing tonight, uh, and it's going to be quick. It's going to be quick for several reasons. One is um, today I had to take a large dose of steroids to treat my cancer, which also makes me hoarse, but makes me talk fast. So <laughs> uh, button your seatbelts. Uh, and the second thing is I feel a little bit guilty about uh, getting off on tangents sometimes. And tonight I'm going to be very focused. I even made myself an outline uh, to get through this. So the first part's going to be a summary, and then I'm going to move a little bit fo- more forward. And then the next time, um, I'm going to to nail, try to nail this and, and be done with it. I think that's going to be six episodes. And uh, if this is your first podcast by me, a little bit about me, and then I won't waste much time. And just, I, I am a candid person. I had 30 years of my life as evangelical. I'm not one now. I'm not part of that culture at all. Uh, I do believe in God and I believe in uh, Christianity as being true, but I don't have certainty in anything because our ability to find truth is limited. But my 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 goal and my drive since 1990 is to seek truth in all areas. And I don't mean a, a religious truth or, or a political truth, but simply that which is consistent with reality. And one of my mantras is that if God exists, God exists in reality. The better we know reality, the better we can find God. The, mess, the more we live in, in a delusion or uh, a false narrative, the less we can find God. So that's really what this is about for me. And sometimes I'll talk about atheism and different religions, but tonight I really will focus on that group because I'm most familiar with, and that's evangelical as it, uh, uh, in its war against science and reason. And in review, uh, I'd said before that religion and science are not in different lanes. I've heard that before, that they deal with separate realities. They don't. There's one reality. And science and religion have to agree, or one of them is wrong, or maybe both of them are wrong. But one, they both can't be right if they're saying different things. That's, that's totally illogical. Um, and then I talked a lot about epistemology, uh, which is the philosophical concept for how we discover truth. Now I want to talk about that briefly as a summary to put together the things I've talked about before. And the way that we discover new truth is by collecting evidence and using our cognitive abilities, which uses a lot of mathematical logic to make sense of the world. I think this is the way God designed us. Um, an atheist would say that's the way we've evolved, but that's what uh, has led to our high development compared to some of the the other animals people would debate over the word what what does it mean high uh which one is higher than the other but with new truth the emotions and memory play only very limited roles all humans um, uh, readily engage in the process of of using cognitive abilities to find truth in our everyday lives almost everything about our everyday lives involves this cognitive ability when we're looking at or new truth and it's just part of life. But it's when we get to these big questions about uh, spirituality, about politics, I, I mean, those are big questions in ways, uh, that's when we start to, to say we don't believe in reason anymore and we don't believe in cognitive uh, process for finding truth. But in normal life, we do every day. In finding old truth, 
The emotions can take a greater role as certainly memory uh, by, by making conclusion or taking conclusions we made previously using our cognitive brains and they become automatic and that can be very helpful. And one, one, uh, oh, and, yeah, one example of this would be, imagine, um, it's a long story, but I knew someone who got mugged in New York City when I was a boy, a friend of my dad's. But imagine you were walking down the street in New York City and you passed an alley that you got mugged in and you were talking to someone and you hardly even noticed it. All of a sudden you feel very anxious. That's the emotional reasoning kicking in when our logical uh, processes are distracted or we don't need them as much because this is an old truth. The truth was you went in an alley and you got mugged uh, and it was very scary. They put a, pulled a gun on you or whatever, a knife. The person I was talking about had a knife pulled on them and they were robbed. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's how the emotions and memory can play a, a role in old truth. But the problem occurs when we employ our emotions and our memories as the major player in deciphering evidence to find new truth. I don't think we were designed that way by God. I don't think we, if you're an atheist, that we evolved that way uh, because that ends up in trouble. Um, the emotional reason interferes with truth-seeking process uh, and it creates an error. And the emotion, and, and most of the time, the emotional reasoning is conditioned by our culture, by our politics, by our religious narrative that we've accepted. And these cultural circles, um, of these cultural circles, the religious subculture is the most rigid by far. I talked about the army in a previous podcast and other cultural groups, but the religious group is very, very rigid. Um, and the reason is, besides having the most, uh, most rules, written and unwritten, within the religious, rejection of the bias that's built in makes you not just uh, a rule breaker but an immoral person uh, not and so often it ends up being you're not a true believer someone who's really damned by god uh, rejected by god now the pre-existing dogmas which are the foundation of these uh, pre-existing biases uh, are typically created by culture uh, in the same way that all biases are created in the in the secular cultural groups but are claimed by the religious to be the religious person to be from their sacred text or God speaking directly to their hearts or what they might call it, gnosis, gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, you know, meaning the knowledge that comes directly from God, from God, or their institutions, such as Catholic Church is big, but even the Protestant churches carry that. And most of those dogmas, at least of what now I'm talking about, the white evangelical subculture, are not found anywhere in the Bible. But it's through a, a process, there's a fallacy in reason called confirmation bias. It's where you can read something and see your bias in it, but it's not there. Uh, you have to really twist words. And I'm just going to give a quick example. Um, uh, abortion being evil is not in the Bible. I am sorry. Abortion is not mentioned in the Bible. You can talk about um, a miscarriage. The Bible talks about miscarriage a few times, but I'm not going to get into that. But it's the cornerstone of the white evangelical movement, pro-life. It's now the cornerstone. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It has profound um, things to do with their culture and the history of their culture. And once again, I'll throw out the book, <laughs> recommend the book, uh, Jesus and John Wayne, who looks at that process. And it's written by a Christian historian. Um, 
Now, <clears throat> you could look up that, that uh, confirmation bias. I think Google has a lot about it, uh, that process. But it's where someone does research uh, only to, and the only purpose of the research, the only person they're looking at Bible verses is to confirm the religious bias that they hold. And I believe that religious bias in almost all cases uh, has nothing to do with the Bible. And that really makes them angry when I say that. And I'm sorry about that. Don't want to make anybody angry. I'm not here to fight with people, but to give <laughs> some new way of thinking to, to people who already see that evangelicalism is a farce like I did. And now are thinking about leaving the idea of God completely. And that's why I do these podcasts and why I write. Um, <clears throat> Now, the cultural pressure within these religious groups uh, is tremendous. And I know from personal experience, if an evangelical pastor, for example, decided he, not want, he did not believe in overturning Roe versus Wade, or if he believed in evidence of a very old earth, it is very, very possible that he would lose his Christian friends completely. Uh, I know I left, I lost many friends uh, when I uh, did not accept the dogmas anymore. He would be seen as spiritually inferior. I'm seen totally as a washout, spiritually inferior person by all my evangelical friends. And sometimes I hear from them in that regard. It's very, very painful. But that's part of this process. He could lose, a pastor would lose his job. He could lose his whole life. One time I had a pastor tell me personally years ago, in his private life, he seriously doubted God's existence. He's an evangelical pastor. At times, now he didn't always doubt God's existence, just at times, but he had to keep this very, very quiet because he said it would be a disaster for his personal and family life. He would lose his job, and at his age, it would be very difficult to find a new career. He would lose his friends, he would lose his church, all of it. So there's tremendous pressure on the religious person to carry a dogma at all, all costs. And that dogma, once again, rarely has anything to do with their sacred text. It has more to do with their culture, their church, uh, and the mores of their culture. Now, science is not a culture. Now, uh, there are people in the scientific subcultures that can have the same emotional bias that I was just talking about in a religious person, but nowhere near the rigidity of the religious or political person. And I think it's becoming more rare. No scientist would ever lose their job for believing in God or believing that God orchestrated evolution. Now, if the scientist allows a religious bias to taint his review of the evidence, um, then there would be a problem of employment because science is focused on finding truth through evidence. Religious people tend not to base things on evidence. Uh, religious groups, though, project their own fault of bias onto the scientific community. I've heard that over and over in conversations with evangelicals. And it's usually by the means of a baseless conspiracy theory. I've heard the following from multiple evangelicals in the last year and a half. Bill Gates is the devil. Uh, he's promoting vaccines to cause infertility because he's an atheist and wants to depopulate the planet. Well, none of those things are true. I've asked for evidence, and then they say things like, well, if you didn't have your head in the sand, you would see it. You know, they don't come up with any evidence. They want to attack me personally. Uh, and again, I don't want to fight with them. I'm trying to be, I try to be very cordial because, you know, I don't see my evangelical friends as going to hell because they don't think like me. That's nowhere on my radar. 
they see me as going to hell because I don't think like him, them. Uh, but so therefore, it's no skin off my back if they don't uh, agree with me. And I suspect that most people, even the people listening to this podcast, uh, won't believe anything I say. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I, I passed that uh, bridge a long, long time ago. But looking at science, sci- the word science is from the Latin word, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember now, sinita, uh, sinita, sinita, I think. I can't pronounce Latin very well. Uh, which, uh, especially, I'm lubricating my voice tonight with a little bit of wine. <laughs> uh, usually it's water, but I got a little wine tonight. I'm sitting here on the bank of my lake, my mountain lake. So I wish I could set the scene a little better, but I don't want to waste any time on that. Uh, but but science just means the knowledge. It means knowledge or the collection of truth about reality. That's all. It's not a religion or or evil devil that I'm hearing the evangelicals refer to science as the devil or this big, you know, when I when I was evangelical back in the 90s, every, we always talk about the gay agenda. And it was a farce, it was a lie, but that all the gay people were trying to molest children, little boys, to convert them to gayness. And it was stupid, but that's what we believed. And we believe there's a big narrative uh, going on about that and that Satan was behind it. And it's just sad, but that's what we believe. In the same way, in this conversations I've had this last year of evangelicals, they see the scientific community that way, that they have an agenda. As, as one friend said to me on the phone, science, huh, they're the ones that invented abortion. <laughs> I'm going, what? I mean, technically from a medical sense, abortion's been always since the beginning of humanity. Abortion's been there. There's just been di- different techniques. And you could say the scientific era of medicine has made it safer for women, uh, but they didn't invent abortion. Anyway, that's a tangent. I'm trying to stay away from those tonight. Uh, but the the scienta, scienta, or science, let's just say science, is very similar. The, the Latin word is very similar to the Greek word gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, which also just means no, knowledge. But gnosis got got perverted, uh, I don't know when, I think it's before Christ, uh, it was used this way in the Greek world, to mean a knowledge that comes without evidence directly from God into my heart. And I hear Christians talking about it all the time, they know this because God spoke to them. Well, okay, if you want to talk about what the Bible really says, and uh, I, I'm very careful what I say the Bible says, uh, because it's been so abused, and I'm gonna be careful, but the Bible does say, the human heart, that's <coughs> emotions and reason and etc., cetera, uh, that make up our, our souls, you could say. Soul and psyche are the same word. Um, uh, is the most deceitful thing in the entire universe. Um, that, that's, I think is. I'm trying to remember the, the passage in the Bible. But anyway, look it up. Uh, the heart is more deceitful than all else is how it says it in the Bible. Uh but Gnosis was used uh, as a way to get knowledge that comes directly from God without the cognitive process, without reviewing evidence, and it's convenient, it's sexy, it empowers the one who uses it. I've seen it abused over and over and over to manip- manipulate people. God said this. I mean, it, it was done to me, and I did it to others when I was evangelical. Um, so it's a very dangerous thing is gnosis and some people really thrive on that and they they escape all debates by saying well god said it to me well i say bullshit i'm sorry um 
But Christians do remember uh, that also the Bible, when it talks about reason, I just do a, a word study on reason. And I like James, in uh, James 3.17, it says that the wisdom or, or knowledge, the knowledge from God is pure. It doesn't hurt people. It lifts people up. It loves people. Then it's peaceable. It doesn't fight with people. It's gentle. It is open to reason. I've looked that word up several times, and that has a logic background. It's open to being reason, you know, to, to figure things out, to think about things. It's full of mercy and good fruits, and it's impartial, meaning without bias and sincere. So, to find truth, you ha- uh, you have to remove bias. Now, during the Enlightenment, the age of reason, I think it's uh, late 1600s to about 1815. Um, uh, and it came on after the Dark Ages and the years of recovery, uh, <clears throat> which Dark Ages were imposed by the church for the sake of power. The, pe- the pendulum swung the other direction to really focus on reason, which I think is a biblical thing, just like the verse I just read in James. I hear New Age Christians today saying the age of reason was a bad thing, and now we're... Bo- I, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, People talk about moving beyond reason. I think that's a a huge mistake. Reason is God-given. And to find some experience that gives your life meaning without reason, you're back to gnosis, which is very, very dangerous. Uh, But anyway, the thinkers and writers during the the age of reason, that they really want to focus, let's find truth. Let's figure out how how to find truth. And one of the things they figured that bias is the enemy of truth. So they worked and worked to eliminate bias in the scientific method and in medicine, the double-blind studies where you eliminate all bias. That's why the, the COVID vaccine studies, and I read every single one of them, I think, from cover to cover, uh, is profoundly important in, dis- in saying that the COVID vaccine was effective and safe because it's a double-blind study with no bias. On the other side, evangelicals were promoting a narrative that uh, Bill Gates is behind his vaccine to cause infertility. It's very dangerous. And I know people who've died from COVID because they believe this bullshit from the evangelicals. Uh, And it's just a sad thing. It's being out of touch with reality. I won't get into all the political reasons for that. Well, to show you what the Enlightenment did for humanity in the area of medicine, the life expectancy was 35 years at the beginning of it. And now it's 78.7 years based on the Enlightenment. Um, But the problem with the Enlightenment, uh, if there is a problem, or with reason, is that it's not perfect. It comes up short. It could not solve the moral problem of men and women. B.F. Skinner thought it could. Um, But reason is very good. Uh, But the Christian model, like everything else, is uh, in the Christian model, everything is broken, including reason. Now, I'm, I'm running out of time again, and I didn't get as far along as I wanted to, but I keep saying I'm going to end this. Uh, so I'm going to probably stop here, and this was only a review. And to, next time, I'm not going to do any review. I'm going to dive right into science versus religion, talk about historical figures. I may have to go two more podcasts. I'm going to talk about Galileo. I'm going to talk about Darwin. I'm going to talk about the problem of new earth versus old earth um, and, that, and how those things have influenced the Christian community, uh, and not the scientific community, but the Christian community has declared war on reason and science. And it's a very fascinating story. And uh, next time I'll deal with that, I might get through it in one podcast. If not, there'll be another. Have a good evening. Thanks for
Thanks for listening.